Sisters and brothers, thank you for being with us today as we begin the Lenten journey toward Easter. Please join me in reading aloud our call to worship. Your part will be in bold. We draw near as beloved children to the Father of mercy. For the Lord knows our journey and hears our cries. We draw near as a people acquainted with sorrow, yet firm in believing we are anointed for joy. Here we are, O Lord, we open our lives to you. Let your love pour over our souls and your mercy flood our spirits. In your kindness, lead us to repentance and the way of life everlasting. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful too. so highly exalted glorious in heaven above humbly you came to the earth you created all for love's sake became poor so here I See my sin. 
So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Friends, hear these words from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 58, verses 6 through 12. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke? To set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, Restorer of streets with dwellings. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Repent and live, the old prophet said. Old words that feel like they're from another time. This whirling dervish, theatrical visionary Ezekiel says God has no pleasure when we pursue our self-deceptions to the end, when we get so comfortable with what is not life that we are dead even in our waking hours, when under the weight of our collective delusions, we sink into the ground from whence we came. It seems our soul cannot bear a false captain without tragic consequence. Our hearts cannot rest on the words of a counterfeit God without one day waking up in a panic. Our mind is shaped by what it is fixed upon. Repent and live, the old prophet said. Welcome an unraveling change, a reorienting, a new beginning so substantial that it's like a new life has begun. God, 
wrapped in the skin of a first century peasant in resounding poverty who had been a refugee, a stonemason whose family was taxed to the throat by the powers that be, steps on the scene and says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Another way to say repent and live. Not just the shout of some madman in the subway with a bullhorn, repent is to humbly submit to deep change for your own heart, but also for the heart of your neighbor. We are not on uh, journeys of isolated piety, but of communal love to loose the chains of injustice, to untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, all that holds us captive and all that grips our neighbors. Freedom by love. For the sake of love, what a thing. Self-denial is not the end, but the most beautiful beginning. But a beginning, a real one, into a process of substantial change can be daunting no matter what. So hear a song. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. God's people have said these words back and forth to each other for centuries, repeated this refrain. This is the chorus of God. What could you say if you knew that to be true? The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. How honest could you be? How far could you go in asking for help? If you knew the foundation of God's character, could, could you be, could we be then real enough to say, we have been quick to anger. We have been cheap in giving love. We've been self-protecting instead of gracious. We've been lulled into apathy or distraction instead of compassion. And what then? If we took a risk to be so honest, what of it? I mean, why, why bother? Surely just saying how bad it might have been, does it make us better? Maybe not. But it does begin an honest conversation. It opens the possibility for an exchange. The songwriter repeats these most famous words about God and then draws out their meaning. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. What a song. Think of it. A God who is willing to hear our worst mistakes, 
to know our most devastating failures individually and as a society, the exact contours of our sins, and yet to offer us mercy, to love us to a degree that we can barely fathom and to remove our sins from us. A God who is under no illusions about us, who knows our frame. A God from whom we have no secrets. And as intimidating as that is, it's also freeing. For, for this is a God who knows our frame, remembers that we are dust, and yet still loves us dearly. Do you believe that today? God is not surprised at how you have been made. A God who is eternal and can give us a share in his very life. We are dust. God is life forever. This song, Psalm 103, moves us towards the heart of God. And it moves us towards the heart of Ash Wednesday as well. Ash Wednesday is a day to ask for mercy. It is a day to remember that our days are numbered. Ash Wednesday is a day to call out to our God whose days are not numbered, who holds eternity in his hand. Ash Wednesday is also, of course, the first day of Lent. So where does it come from? By the fourth century, the church had determined that this Lenten period of fasting and renewal should, should correspond to Christ's 40-day fast in the wilderness. So counting back from Easter and excluding the Sundays, they arrived at this Wednesday, seven weeks before Easter. And at one time, Lent was primarily viewed as a period during which converts prepared for baptism on Easter Sunday. But later the season expanded and became a general time of repentance and renewal for all Christians. So Ash Wednesday became the day that marks the beginning of this Lenten period of renewal. On Ash Wednesday, we meditate on our mortality. We commit to the way of repentance because it is the way that leads to life. And we hold both of those, our mortality, our weakness, our failures, our repentance, our hope for the way of life. We hold those out to Christ who conquers sin and death. We have the courage to take a day to mourn, to be honest about the true condition of our world, but also the brokenness we find in ourselves. We have the courage to admit our limits, to say with honesty, we cannot fix all that is wrong with the world, certainly, but even what is wrong with ourselves, we can't even guarantee ourselves tomorrow. But we name our sins and we turn from them to Christ. Ash Wednesday, the journey of Lent, is not just about turning away from things, but turning to Christ. That is repentance for life, repentance to live. Mortality, repentance, union with Jesus. These are the cries of Ash Wednesday. These guide us to begin our journey through Lent to the cross and on to Easter. Church, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, be with your church. Fill us with your spirit. Give us the courage to truly be honest with what's going on in our own hearts, with what's going on in our world, with what's going on in our homes. May we lift all of it up to you that you might give us life, that you might uh, help us to repent and live, to receive the fullness of your kingdom. Lead us through this Lenten journey in your kindness, your kindness that leads us to repentance. Lead us in this Lenten journey with faith and hope, with courage and great love. 
We look forward to Easter, but may we go through this period of preparation so we are ready with full joy to sing out of your resurrection on Easter Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, a name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever say Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you We live for you, God And holy, there is no one like there is none beside you Open up my eyes in wonder And show me who you are And fill me with your heart And lead me in your love To those around me song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus Jesus name above every other Jesus, the only one who could ever save Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Build my
is none beside you Open up my eyes in wonder And show me who you are And fill me with your heart And lead me in your love To those around me Let's join together in confessing our sins before the Lord and a reading from Psalm 51. Most holy and merciful God, we confess to you and to one another that we lack any righteousness of our own. We have often failed to be your faithful people by our own fault, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. Have mercy on us, Lord. We have not loved you with our whole heart, mind, and strength. Too often we have neglected prayer and worship. We have not been true to the mind of Christ. We have grieved your Holy Spirit. Have mercy on us, Lord. For all our past unfaithfulness, our pride, our hypocrisy, and our failure to put the needs of others above our own, we confess to you, Lord. Our envy of those more fortunate than ourselves, our love of worldly comforts, and our failure to bear witness to others in the faith that is in us. We confess to you, Lord. For our blindness to human need and suffering, our indifference to injustice and exploitation, and our failures in stewarding your glorious creation to those who come after us, accept our repentance, Lord. For our false judgments, for uncharitable thoughts towards our neighbors, and for our prejudice and contempt toward those who differ from us. Accept our repentance, Lord. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the innermost place. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Amen. Now, hear this promise of our forgiveness. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that makes us whole, and with his stripes we are healed. He will feed his flock like a shepherd and gather the lambs in his arms. Church, later today, many of you will have the opportunity to come uh, to several locations in Brooklyn and receive the imposition of ashes and just to prepare our hearts for that. In Scripture, the ashes or dust symbolize uh, frailty or death, uh, sadness and mourning, uh, judgment and repentance, uh, not things that we always love to dwell on. Ash Wednesday is a stark day, but it is not a day that is absent of hope. Uh, we, are, we are determined to look this day, even our own death, in the face in order to cultivate the type of hope that Christ speaks of. 
So we need some unflinching words on Ash Wednesday, and we can find some in James 4. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. These may not be the words that we want to hear, but if we will let them do their work, they can cultivate a new type of hope in us. We can wake up from our illusions. We can turn from our sin. We can admit that there are precious few wise voices in our world that can offer us real life. In fact, only Christ can offer us this abundance, this uh, full life. So we begin our journey to Easter with this sign of the ashes. This ancient sign speaks of the frailty and uncertainty of human life. It calls us to heartfelt repentance. It mourns the agony that has been caused in our lives, in our world, in our history, by our separation from God. And it urges us to place our hope in Christ alone. Let me pray. Almighty God, you have created us out of the dust of the earth. May these ashes remind us of our mortality and penitence and teach us again that only by your gracious gift are we given everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Savior. We remember that we are dust and to dust we shall return, but we place our hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us as we've marked Ash Wednesday together. This is actually one of my favorite days of the church calendar. It's solemn, it's sacred, and it's been a way to calm my spirit and remember my need for a savior, even as I look forward to Easter with hope. So as we close, sisters and brothers, I'm gonna speak a benediction over you. That's God's blessing. So you can close your eyes, you can stretch your hands out and receive this benediction. May God the Father, who does not despise the broken spirit, give you a contrite heart. May Christ, who bore our sins in his body on the tree, heal you by his wounds. May the Holy Spirit, who leads us into all truth, speak to you words of pardon and peace in this season of consecration. Amen.